Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chat Channel. My name is Tim Hayden, and I'll be your host. We have a great show for you today. I mean, it's super. Our guest is the gorgeous Lauren B. Martin. Lauren is an award-winning actor, producer, voice artist, writer, and director, known for her powerful work as a breast cancer survivor, Camille Bennett, on the long-running CBS show, As the World Turns. Her television appearances include The Blacklist, Law and Order, Unforgettable, Cosby, All My Children, Another World, and many, many more. Please welcome Lauren to the show. Hello, Lauren. How are you? I am well. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. I'm doing great. How's everything going for you? You know, we're uh, well today. Today here at the uh, at the old apartment 4F, we have a uh, we have a plumbing issue. So if you see a see a plumber coming through uh, replacing my toilet today, but you know what, all all is well. I feel very blessed to start this new year. I'm really really jazzed and uh, and excited for uh, for just some new beginnings. I hope everyone else is too. Well, maybe we should talk to him and get the dirt on you on what you have in your bathroom. Most people, I hear people snoop in your in cabinets when they're in the bathroom. I've never heard of that. I read it one day and I started asking people like, yeah, we really do when we go to people's houses. You go, I'm like, I've never done that. You do not want to see this bathroom today, my friends. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So what was it like you growing up? You know, um, Growing up was an interesting, interesting thing. Um, my uh, my folks, being a, a mixed race uh, child, my folks wanted to move me to a community where I would see other references of of myself in in that way. And that uh, so we moved from the city to a small town uh, on the tip of Cape Cod called Wareham. And that had a very large uh, multiracial uh, diversity and ethnic diversity there. A lot of Portuguese Cape Verdean uh, folks, and and they they really wanted me to see. Uh, and certainly, we know in society today how important it is to see uh, yourself and in people. Yes. Um, I'm always talking about that on in, on television and how we cast and etc. Um, my dad was a judge, and so. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of like being the preacher's daughter a little bit. Um, my name was not Lauren Martin. It was Judge Martin's daughter most of the time. Uh, so that was, uh, that was definitely a kind of, you know, thing that hung over me for a while. And, um, but then I, you know, I left home at around 15 and a half, 16 and came to New York and was going to a, um, you know, professional kids boarding school type of thing and um uh various aspects of my career were starting at that point wow such a young age so did you complete your high school at that time no i mean i i completed high school i actually was the uh the senior class president so i was the person who gave our graduation speech um and still am very very blessed um you know, it was a small boarding school um, in Dobbs Ferry in Westchester in New York. And uh, 
I am still very blessed to speak to my uh, my high school roommate who is from Paris. Um, I speak to her probably, uh, or at least we we you know do the Instagram and stuff um, uh, probably once a month or so. And then I have another group of gals, Melissa, Courtney, and Allison. We text uh, a couple times a week, so that's wow. a it, those friendships were extremely important and continue to be in my life. Yeah. For sure. So did you do uh, drama in high school? In well, so interestingly enough, I uh, I went to this school with the intention to sing. And so uh, that was kind of really where my focus was. And then <clears throat> um, a happy accident happened, I guess we'll call it. Um, the use Moss casting agency, which cast the Cosby show and a different world, um, came to my boarding school looking for talent. And I didn't sign up because I didn't consider myself an actor and that wasn't what I was going to do. Um, I was a singer and that's what I was doing. And, um, they had a different idea. And, uh, there was a gentleman that was the, from the casting uh, company and kind of watched me through the week. And then they finally kind of cornered me, which is a little strange when you see a, a grown man on an all girls boarding campus. I was like, stranger danger, you know? Uh, <laughs> sure. But he said, you know, we've been watching you and I think that you have something quirky and, and, um, uh, I think you might be funny and you should come and audition. And, um, I did. And I was the only one that they took from my school. And um, I read about 10 times and then they brought my, they flew my family in. And it was, um, uh, the long and the short of it is that it was down to uh, Jasmine Guy and myself for the part of Whitley on A Different World, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's sort of, at that point I recognized in myself that, okay, maybe this is something, um, maybe this is something I, sh I should pay attention to. And I think that that also gave my family the insight that, you know, maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is something I should align myself with. And, and at that moment, I, uh, you know, I had done a little independent things as a child and, um, and I had modeled for many years and, and, uh, but, that was the first time that I knew that this was a whole different energy that I hadn't figured out how to, um, how to, how to move through yet, but I was very, very curious and I wanted to know why I felt the way that I felt when I got to perform this way, uh, which was a very different feeling than I felt when I was singing. So, um, there you go. Yeah. So did you go from that to, Co to the Cosby show? I, I did not. I ended up doing the Cosby show uh, many, many, many years later. Um, and uh, I did the last vestige of Cosby. It was actually Cosby, called Cosby by that point with Dougie Doug right. and um, Madeline Kahn, God rest her soul. Um, but it was an interesting thing because it, I, um, my cousin is Jada Pinkett Smith and, you know, Jada was on 
uh, a different world at the same time. And it just, it would have been a really, you know, when I look at it and I say, as I see the different world reunions and things like that, I'm like, it would have been a really amazing thing for both of us to be on the, on the show at the same time. But I did get to um, sort of randomly thank Mr. Cosby for, um, and, and the casting people for uh, letting me, in enlivening something in in me and regardless of his his story and and all the things that are connected to to him i have um deep empathy for um all the women that were unfortunately hurt in that uh time of their life and i have empathy for his for his family and his and his children i have met um uh his daughters uh, and was shooting Cosby uh, at the unfortunate time when his son, uh, Ennis, was murdered. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a difficult road to toe, but uh, it was a moment in my history, yeah. Well, I mean, his personal life and what happened in his career, I believe, are two different things. He, sure. I mean, career-wise, I mean, he, he had... He knew what he, he was doing. He was right. genius at what he well, did. Well, it was a beacon. It was a beacon of light as far as uh, certainly for, I believe, all American families. But it was a really wonderful thing for um, African-American families and people of color to see. You know, it, it was also just the, the idea that you you can write a show. It's a smart and funny show and put all walks of life in this show, um, funny and educated, uh, you know, that for a lot of people, they just being able to actually see uh, these two strong characters, a doctor and a lawyer, and, you know, and, and this type of home wasn't something that was viewed, you know, you didn't, you didn't see families like that. And I, and I felt, I feel that the history of that and what Dr. Poussant, who was the psychologist with the show, were able to put out there um, uh, was a very, very important part of history. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. Felicia Rashad, I mean, she's phenomenal and she broke a lot of glass ceilings doing that. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And Debbie show. Allen. I mean, her sister is no, oh. Debbie, Debbie Allen is like, I, I, uh, I hope in my lifetime, I'm lucky enough to uh, be in the presence of, of Ms. Allen. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. And I don't know how she has time to do anything between, you know, directing and plus acting. And I'm sure she's doing choreography. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing choreography. So what do you remember what your first job was, acting job? Yes. My first job was I was um, uh, four and a half years old and I... um, it was an, it was, again, it was an accident. I was in Jamaica, which I'm half Jamaican. And, um, there was an abominable snowman character on the beaches in Jamaica. They were filming a commercial for, uh, tourism. And, uh, I walked onto their set and, um, cause I was enamored <laughs> with this big, gigantic, abominable snowman and was fascinated. And um, we have the little baby goats that were, you know, you would always see on the beaches of Jamaica. And I would always get in trouble because I would uh, take my banana chips or or loaves of bread and I would would have like a pack of goats with me wherever I would go. (laughs) 
and just aggravate everybody because I just I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was me and my in my tribe. Uh, well, me and my tribe walked through their shots a couple of times, <laughs> and uh, then they thought it was very because I of course walked right up to the snowman. Um, in this big, like, I mean, the poor guy must have been just sweating out pounds of water. Um, and, uh, and they gave me, they gave me the job. So, uh, <laughs> I think they figured it was probably easier to just pay me to distract the snowman, uh, rather than, uh, you know, continuously to walk on their set. So that was my first, first acting job, I would say. And I assume that Another World was your first soap job. Another World was my first soap job. It was. Um, God bless. Um, I was just very, very grateful to uh, Miss Kathy Talbert, who was the head of uh, NBC Daytime. And um, uh, that was a, you know, I, I stood at the right place at the right time and was discovered in a, in a mall in Florida. And um, I was going to a casting for Aaron Spelling and um Kathy saw me and they were filming my audition for the evening news in Florida at the time. And um, she pulled, they pulled me from that line and said, she said, I don't think you're right for this Aaron Smelling show, but I think I might have something else for you. Give me all your photographs and I'll call you and, and, you know, as soon as I have this aligned and, and I thought I'd never hear from this woman again. And, uh, the whole experience was super surreal and I wasn't going to go to the casting uh, because I thought this is Aaron Spelling and I thought that, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not white, I'm not blonde, I'm not, I'm, I, I, I'm not the look, I'm not going to get this. And um, Bo Jackson, who was a news reporter for Channel 6, asked me a question. She was an African-American woman and uh, I was wearing a leopard turtleneck and an orange trench coat because it was pouring rain. And the only reason why I went to the casting uh, was because I drove a Mazda Miata and I had a hole in my roof and it was at a mall. And I figured, well, if the casting doesn't work out, I'll go shopping, right? <laughs> and uh, Bo Jaya, this big head of curly, curly hair, and Bo saw you know another woman of color in the line and said, what are you doing here? And I was just really bold and mouthy. And I said, uh, well, I said, um, Aaron Spelling, other than uh, Diane Carroll and Troy Bayer Berg hasn't hired a woman of color on his show. And I think, mm -hmm. I, I think I'm, I'm, I would be a good addition. And that feed was going back into the room where Kathy Talbert was. And they said, pull this little whippersnapper out of the line. <laughs> and, uh, and they did, and that's how it started. And months later, Kathy uh, left a message on my voice, uh, my answer machine. This was back in the day where you had, you know, the answer machine that played out. And my ex-husband called me and said, um, "There's a message on the answering machine, and you need to get home and listen to this message." And I was, I was on my bicycle and pedaled myself home, and it was Miss Talbert, and she said, um, "We need you on a plane to New York." Uh, we've got some people for you to meet. And that started it. I didn't have an agent at the time. I, my manager and I looked up who was the best soap agent in New York and, 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 you know, and, and how to even move, move through this process. We had no idea how to do it. And that's, um, that's how it started. So I will forever be grateful, uh, to Ms. Talbert. Wow. That's, that's so cool to hear how that happened. And yeah. 
that they pulled you out of the line. You know, that, that there says a lot. Um, you went on to do As the World Turns, which I won't say is your biggest role, but it, to me, it was the most impactful, one of your most impactful roles. Um, you remember, did you have to audition for that or did they just go ahead and yes. knew they wanted uh, so to? What was happening with that, which is just was just a very magical and strange things of events. So at the time, I was on Another World at the time. I was playing Denise Jenkins, um, and who is, you know, this intern reporter and um I was dealing with all the things with uh you know Grant and um and working with Jensen Buchanan and and all that and Tom the the great Tom Eplin who was tremendous and Kim Rhodes and all these amazing and then Rhonda uh Rhonda Ross was on at that time and uh the opportunity to, you know, and I wasn't contract at that point. I was, I was recurring and I was flying myself in back and forth from uh, Florida and was wardrobing myself, was doing all that because, you know, when you were recurring, you, it was a, it was a different energy, right? But I was so happy to be there and would come with my suitcase and wardrobe would go through. And, you know, uh, I remember spending every penny I had on my clothes because I wanted to make every opportunity I was on camera, you know, important. And um, and we got the opera, we we got the 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 breakdown of this role, Camille Bennett. And my manager said, you know, I'm we're going to submit you to this um, and see what happens. And Camille and I were re- there was a lot a lot that we could, that, that, that you could, you could see would align. And, um, I was really blessed and grateful to have had some experience by this point on another world and kind of really understand how three cameras were working and, and was learning really the process of, of, of how this machine of daytime was working. And so I auditioned and screen tested and, um, I'll never forget being on the set of Another World and getting called to my cell phone ringing and it's my manager and and I can't even fathom what a, a, a three-year contract looks like because I'm utterly confused and they're calling my name and they're like, you know, uh, trying to get me down to set and I my legs are shaking and I'm crying <laughs> and I, I'm like, I, you know, trying to remember my lines and say, my manager saying, well, we're going to sign the contract. I'm like, yes, but I have to go to set and get our booze here. <laughs> and then Tom Eplin was in my scene with me. And uh, he's like, are you all right? Are you all right? And I said, I just got a contract. Now he thought that the contract was for another world. And he's like, finally, this is amazing. You've been paying your dues. And I, and I was like, my eyes welled up. And I said, no, for the, your sister show, you know, <laughs> over here. And he was pissed. And he said, you, you know, you guys should have given her a contract while we had the chance and da, 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 da. And he did the most gracious and wonderful thing. He um, called a caterer and he threw me a party. He threw oh, me a party awesome. that day in his dressing room and uh, congratulated me and kind of held my hand because I was gobsmacked. I really didn't understand what was next and how this was going to work. And, 
Um, he was very, very, very kind, and I'll never forget that. And then, you know, years later, he came and, and did a stint over with us over at As the World Turns, and um, I certainly will always forever hold him in my heart. He was very gracious to me. That's got to be bittersweet for a professional actor like you to uh, get attached to people that you're working with, sort of like your family, and then move on because it's going to be bigger and better I'm sure but you're leaving right. it's just got to be very difficult leaving those families behind you know it feels like I think you know we when you when you're working on um any kind of set whether it's a a web series or a film or you know even a play you know you 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 I mean for lack of a better term you, you go balls deep very fast like you know what I mean because right. you You've got a limited amount of time and you hopefully, hopefully, not always, hopefully you're surrounded by other creatives who really are, are open and they're open to the process and they, um, you have to really move through a series of emotions very fast to get that trust together. And, and that's the whole goal of doing any project is to, um, is to is to suspend that disbelief to build those relationships fast and to you know you've got to use you've got to really trust you got to use all your trust skills um but it becomes like a summer camp you know you whether it's you're spending the time in the you know the hair and makeup trailer or in wardrobe or in rehearsal or depending upon what type of project you're working on uh and you are spending a quantitative amount of time with people very very fast i mean listen I've bartended, uh, you know, off and on throughout all of my career, you know, to, to pay the mortgage and the medical bills and stuff. And that's kind of a camp too. You're in the trenches with people, you know what I mean? It's a performance. Right. Um, whether you're singing in a band with somebody or whatever, it's, um, you really, you hopefully, if, you, if you're coming at your craft in the, in, in the right way, you hopefully are being uh, as genuine as you possibly can and giving your fellow artists, uh, the best light that you can portray, you know? Well, while at, as the world turns, you are one of the most beloved characters. Yeah. Uh, you were, you were a medical student, I believe, working with Dr. John Dixon, who the phenomenal Larry Brigman. I mean, that had to be so cool. Oh <laughs> just, my God. Yeah. He just brings joy. Uh, but, hearing his hearing his name just brings joy joy to my heart. Um, just another person who, you know, quite frankly, um, the lessons in hindsight were, you know, uh, the my favorite curmudgeon. You know what I mean? Like a, just a uh, extraordinary man, extraordinary actor, uh, kept me on my toes, and I and. And, and kind, you know, just a kind, kind, kind man, tough, kind, focused, you know, he cared about what his character was doing. He cared about storyline. Um, and, you know, I had wished, I mean, and I think somewhere, somewhere in, in the pen strokes at some point, there was a possibility of him being my um, father. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the genius Lynette McKee, who again, another just force to be reckoned with, an extraordinarily, I mean, never mind as a singer, but as an actor and uh, extraordinary talented woman who had done in so many different um, 
you know, so much work with Spike Lee, so much work on right. stage, so much work as a singer. Um, uh, you know, Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby, all the people. This medium was very, very different. Uh, you know, working with some tremendous act actors who are being in, who have done everything, and then you throw throw everybody into this very, very kind of different medium um, that works at a different pace. And I I learned a lot a lot from some just tremendously talented people and um and i will always be grateful yeah well tammy your character went through a lot but the biggest thing she went through was she was one of the first well you were one of the first actresses to bring breast cancer to the screen right because in the 70s you didn't you never heard it talked about in the 80s barely and that had to be so incredible. Did you get much response from real life survivors while you were? I did. Um, <clears throat> well, firstly, you know, when I first heard about the storyline, uh, my heart sank because I went, oh no, this is this, they're killing me immediately. And this is, this is what's happening. And, you know, and then I remember sitting with the writers and them really explaining like, no, this is, a, this is, this is the way the trajectory of the story um and you know i always get a bit emotional about it because uh this was this character was oh, hold on that's probably the plumber. you're fine <laughs> you're fine you're perfectly fine Sorry, everybody. yes cammy is one of the most loved characters on the sh uh, as the world turns, I believe, and I've heard from a lot of other people that thought the same. Uh, if you get the chance, you might find some clips on YouTube, or you can find it on her website. Okay, so sorry, and they, if, if I get distracted again, we have a we have a plumbing issue today. Um, so, getting that getting that storyline initially, I was um, confused and scared, and then also we didn't really understand we meaning as a society and as a group we didn't really understand that women uh, when i thought of breast cancer at that time i thought that the breast cancer was something your 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 mother got or your um you know your grandmother got uh your auntie it wasn't anything that you were going to see in a in a young healthy woman and at that time i said to myself i don't necessarily I don't know how I, I, I need to play this character. So I worked with an, um, a wonderful organization called Share, and it connected me to uh, women closer to my own age that uh, had cancer. And many of those women were, come on in, many of those women were, um, were women that were, um, hadn't had children yet they weren't they weren't um they were dealing with the fact that their fertility was going to be an issue going through chemotherapy and all of those things so it was it was it was a big thing to tackle and i wanted to tackle it with um with as much dignity and as much um care to the women that i i met and had the opportunity to work with um, race for the cure. I spoke at several race for the cures. I, um, 
also did not wasn't aware that um, that you know men could get diagnosed with breast cancer as well. So I um, had the wonderful honor of, of speaking with Montel Williams and and also trying to bring just more awareness to early detection. Um, in my life, I have um, my dear friend Amanda, who I lost to cancer, my agent at one time had cancer. And um, although I'm not connected to her, but my birth mother um, has stage three cancer now. Oh, wow. So it is, um, I've been tested for the, uh, the BARCA gene um, because I have had uh, non-cancerous tumors removed. And um, I just believe that it's just a constantly, our health is our well-being and um it was a uh, years later in life going through some of the medical things i've gone through in the last 10 years um losing my hair and and uh, you know a lot of those things very different when you're playing a character than obviously when you when you are having the moments in in real life right. and um uh you know cancer survivors and can people who are fighting um the good fight, my dear friend, Samantha, um, she is, uh, her scans came back wonderful a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it, it is, you know, it's a battle of our lifetime, you know, for sure. Um, so incredibly important story to me. And I'm so glad that when I get to talk to people about that role, um, that it was something that uh, affected their life in a positive way. And it, that's, it's not necessarily even, it was important then, but it's just as important now. Yeah. You know, Hold that thought for one yourself. second. I Absolutely. Gentlemen, Absolutely. did you need to ask me a question? Yeah. They took the toilet with them. They did because they're replacing the toilet. Oh, they are? Yes. Wonderful things that happen here at Apartment 4 Up. Yes, they took the toilet. They're they're at the store looking for another toilet okay. currently. But nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody the, plum, everybody the plumbers. Um, so anyway, okay. So back to you, Tim. What's to tell, tell me what's next. Um, well, I mean, with Camille, she was a student, I believe it's a medical student at one yeah. point, and then... Uh, Dr. Nick Dixon kind of got her in an uh, accelerated course to being mm -hmm. a doctor. Uh, where do you, where would you want to see her now? Where do you think Camille is today? Oh my gosh. You know, um, one of the most difficult scenes of my, or two of the most difficult scenes, I would say, uh, of that time in my career was me fighting with Larry Brigman. Um, I was just he meant so much to me as a person that like when he yelled at me it cut through me <laughs> um <laughs> where you know we know it's scripted words and it's not personal and we always hug it out at the at the end but but there was something very paternal about him and it uh that hit me but then of course our goodbye scene our goodbye scene which uh, maria wagner directed and it was it was a very cinematic scene, you know, it was at the train station and <clears throat> they had fog and I was, you know, wearing this, this red coat and carrying this bag. And, you know, we stumbled through these words because it was just, um, it felt heavy and sad. And um, 
what I would love to see for her, <coughs> excuse me, I would, I would think that she had, she had, would have gone off and, and worked in, you know, genetic cancer research. Um, I think that when we see Camille leaving, that she was really thoroughly, hold on one second, cat, get back here, um, determined. <laughs> Sorry, with all these people coming in out of my apartment. You're fine. Um, I think that she was really determined to take what had had happened to her and, and affect change. So I think that she would have been a brilliant doctor. I think so too. I agree with you. You moved on to Guiding Light. You were there for a short stint. Um, Do you think you would ever go back to soaps if the opportunity came? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, the medium continues to continues to change and um, there's just some, you know, tremendous storytelling. And I mean, truth be told, we, we were the, the genre that, um, that addressed some things that at the time, primetime television wasn't even thinking about, whether it be, you know, AIDS and HIV, um, biracial relationships, um, dealing with um, teenagers coming coming out and coming to terms with their sexuality, rape, dr- drug uh, addiction, alcoholism, um, you know, racism on as the as the world turns, um, breast cancer, um, suicide. You know, we we were. And continue to be um, the, on the forefront of of talking about real stories, and I and I do believe many people kind of, you know, look down their nose at um, daytime. You know, churning out a story on a daily basis is a, is a whole nother monster. Um, we do not have the luxury of a table read and um, days of shooting only a couple of pages at a, at a time. There's some just uh, there's some extraordinary. Um, cameramen, extraordinary producers, directors, and, and actors um, in the in the the field of daytime for sure. Well, speaking from a fan as a fan, um, I I know other fans also agree. We felt connected with soap actors. They were our friends. We felt like we knew them in real life because of their character. Because you were in our homes five days a week. I mean. Yeah. Almost 365 days a year. Not exactly. There were short hiatuses, but not long. You know, in prime time, you're there and you're at home an hour a week. What, maybe 10 weeks, 12 right. weeks. That's it. Right. That's it. You yeah. don't connect like you do with soap stars like you, yourself. Right. And right. soaps are not all that you've done. You guest starred in many primetime shows like The Cosby Show, Unforgettable, Blacklist, Anacosta, and more. Do you prefer like primetime over nighttime because they're two different beasts or primetime over daytime? Sorry. Um, no, no. I mean, I think the thing is, is that there's something I, I, what I prefer, I prefer working. I prefer working. I, I, I think that every single experience, um, you know, as I'm a filmmaker myself and a, and a writer and, um, when you are, when you have the luxury Listen, I love a day with, uh, with wardrobe and hair and makeup, and I love creating a character. And I, Lord knows, I love me some craft services, but um, I also love the process. So each 
the you know when you're doing prime time it's a it's a it's a very different uh you know nowadays with hd cameras and how we shoot and how we move it's a very different um process but i i i love every aspect of it i love i love the um the scripts i love i i every couple of weeks even in my own auditions and i teach here and there I just bought new highlighters yesterday. I love I love the whole process of um, learning and uh, and just vibing off a, an, another actor and 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 creating a moment that somehow somebody through the lens connects and, and makes into something bigger. So all of the all of the platforms all are all good for me. Well, before I move on, you brought up something earlier a couple of times about. Uh, race and, yeah. and and television period i am so happy to see the shift over the last few years to to include more people than white people i mean mm -hmm. that that's that was ridiculous to begin with even more males than females that's ridiculous a female could carry a lead just as well if not better than a male that's right just saying. Well, the the you know the disparity in the in you know gender bias um, in the industry, never mind in in the world, whether whatever whatever uh, in the business in the business world, and and you know women are still making sense to the to a man's dollar, um, and oftentimes with the higher education le level. Um, how we view race in this country, uh, unfortunately, without getting into an enormous conversation of that, right. has uh, has slid back tenfold, um, sadly. And the truth be told mm -hmm. is that there are more children who will be of mixed race in this country um, continuously. And it, we're, you know, we're not going away. And um, when you know, being having when you think of some of these commercials that cause so much havoc about you know a young mis mixed race couple with a baby, and the hate the hate. I mean, we went through. Listen, as light skinned as I am, um, also the education that there are many different. You know, and I'm Caribbean American, and there's many different uh, shades throughout. Um, this is the one country which had the the one drop rule and and uh the insanity of that if we were really to to actually follow that one drop rule well most people would be black so just to be honest um so it is um kitty cat get back over here my cat's trying to walk out the door um so i find that just being able to continue the the discussion as to um women in a place of power. I mean, listen, Shonda Rhimes, I'll just say it one more time. Like, I think if I say it three times, she's just going to appear in my living room. Shonda Rhimes, Shonda Rhimes, Shonda Rhimes. Um, I love what she has done. I love the strength that she has brought to uh, her women characters. Uh, Viola Davis is hail the queen. Hello. Oh uh, Carrie Washington. Um, you know, there's just so much of a story to tell. And again, going back to what I was saying with, with, with Cosby, um, showing just a story, whether it's Asian American, Latin American, um, Indian American, 
there are, I live in New York City, there's a myriad of cultures, you know, every which way that you turn. And that needs to be represented. Um, I love Woody Allen. I think that Woody Allen's a genius. However, you know, it used to always bother me that his very tiny little microcosm of how he portrayed life was a very white version of it. Um, right. Art is art and it's subjective to many people, but uh, I believe in a backdrop that is um, filled with broad strokes of paint colors of all of, of all kinds. And that's the world that I wanna see. Uh, that's the diversity that I, I hope to continue to get to participate in. I'm so sorry. One more time. You're fine. You're fine. Perfectly fine. We're going to talk about one of our shows coming up uh, here shortly. Um, yeah, I'll stay tuned for a few moments. Uh, we're on a pretty, pretty serious topic that I think needs to be addressed. Uh, <laughs> you guys got any feedback? Just send it our way. Okay. I know this is going to be keep. I'm so sorry, everybody, but this no, is, it's fine. This, this is New York, so yeah. To answer, we just appreciate have, you giving us your time. I love it. I love it. I'm honored to be here. Um, so yeah, I think that I want to see. Uh, I'd love to see more, more women behind the camera. I'd love to see more women. Um, I'd love to see casting understand that. Um, ethnicity. I mean, back when I was modeling, when I was a kid, it used to be, um, you had your one Asian model, you had your one very dark complected model. You had the racially ambiguous one, which was me. Like, what is she? I can't tell what she is. <laughs> I know she's something, you know, type of thing. Um, and then you'd have your, you know, your, your very kind of Nordic blonde, blue eyed gal. Um, it's, you know, we're, 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 there's all kinds of people, all kinds of hair textures um, and romance and love. We need to continue to, to educate our children that love comes in, you know, racism is something that is taught. You know, you put two kids in a room together of, of, of different colors and hair textures and they don't know, um, they don't know the difference until it's pointed out to them. So it's inordinately important for us to continue these conversations. I would love to see us eventually get to where we don't have to say mixed race or black, you know, that's right. White. That's right. We should just be able to say that guy or that lady or that's right. I, I, I just, yeah. uh, and I don't know. I'll get off that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of brought that up for a reason because one of your latest jo jobs was right. at Acostia. Yes. Working with Anthony Anders. My baby. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that show? Oh, my goodness. Well, An Anthony Anderson is a force to uh, be reckoned with. He's just a force of nature. Um, he has been in the game of uh, web series, really just an innovator in, in, in uh, this genre for quite some time. And writing stories about uh, about Anacostia and from the perspective of seeing what was happening um, in his own backyard. And I just, I'm so grateful that he has got his flowers and is continuing to, and that the show is getting recognized. Um, and I'm truly honored that, um, you know, we met years ago and I was always watching and, and applauding certainly, 
applauding just the tremendous acting and the cast on that show, but also just applauding that this was a, a content creator uh, of color. And I loved where, where he was going. And, you know, and also that he's created a, an award show um, with the Capital City Awards and um, focusing on, on, you know, shining the, the a beautiful light on uh, uh, these storytellers and, um, and, and our community in that way. And, um, my Anacostia is not just a small little show either. No, I mean, I just want everybody to know it, it's a multi award winning show, <laughs> multi award winning show, multi Emmy nominated show. Um, I am multi, you know, I ISA You've won awards from it, you know, and I, I have been blessed uh, to win two ISA awards for uh, portraying Siobhan, and, and I am. Uh, very excited. Our our season ended with uh, a lot of drama, and I uh, I do I know nothing. I I honestly know nothing about where um, what's going to happen next. I just know that I uh, we have a group chat and we check in on each other all the time. And uh, can you tell us at least that Siobhan will be back? Uh, you know, there. What I can tell you is that there's there is a series of gunshots that go off, yes. uh, and uh, we do not know um, who has been hit by those bullets. Oh. Anthony Edwards, the Gregory J. Martin. I'm going to just give him a good shake. And Anthony uh, Gregory <laughs> J. Martin did that last season with his show, and now, yeah, yeah. Oh, cliffhangers Anthony, listen, are, are Anthony, pain. Anthony Anderson is a, is a busy fella, and he will. Um, but I'll be honest, I, I don't know. And he is very masterful and uh, he's got a couple of other projects that are looming uh, in a really bright way for him too. So um, we love our, 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 our wonderful camera. Uh, Spencer is just a genius cameraman and he's created some great things for us. And um, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know who it was quite a struggle for that gun in the last uh, in the last bit. So I, I'm not quite sure. We'll see. But I uh, I'd like I'd like another another stab at Mr. Vaughn. So we'll see. Well, you have to help me get Mr. Anderson on here. Maybe we'll get some answers. Okay, my, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. Coming up, you're in a new series coming out later this year called Paper Empire, starring yourself. Kelsey Grammer, Denise Richards, Ann Archer, and many, many, many more people. Can yes. you talk about that any? Uh, I can speak speak on that uh, a, a little bit. Um, so I have, uh, it is an enormous cast. Um, Tony Shanna, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, like you said, Kelsey Grammer, Ann Archer, um, John Enos, um, Steve Gutenberg, um, and the list goes on. There's a lot of just, uh, but most of my most important person is, um, my dear and beloved, uh, Timothy Gibbs, uh, who I think is just, um, you know, I think when they think of James Bond, I'm like, he needs to, you need to come out of retirement and play this. He's such an incredible, uh, actor. Um, uh, William McNamara also, uh, as well. Um, Robert Davi also, if I didn't say, um, so I have a long history with this project is, and I'm trying to figure out how to word, word it. Um, I did a project called the Kings of Brooklyn um, 20 something years ago. 
And um, let's just say that part of that project will be in this project. So um, yeah, you know, I, they have kind of, we have to see what they're gonna do with my character. The writer and director says that they will be um, bringing me back around. Um, I, you know, went through some medical issues in the midst of, uh, midst of a lot of this. And so um, I'm hopeful that uh, they have found a way to, to, to bring me, meaning I, not my character, uh, I went through some medical things. So um, I'm hopeful that they will bring me back uh, in this new season, but I it, b believe it's going to be on Netflix. Oh, that's going to be very cool. Very cool. Well, you not only star on the show, you also did some production on it. And I mean, I don't know if everybody realizes that you don't only act, you're a writer and a producer, as well as a singer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you um, for, for, for those wonderful, that, those flowers you're giving me. Uh, yeah, I love... Um, I love all of the aspects of production. I have a show called Reality Sets In that I wrote with uh, my partner, um, Scott. And Scott Brooks is a talented author on his own. He's got to go check, look for Scott Brooks and find his book on Amazon. Um, so we have, uh, we had our first season of Reality Sets In, which is a, uh, a comedy dramedy on uh, stream on Amazon. and. We would love to, to, to finish the show. Um, we had uh, our incredible investor and incredible executive producer passed away a couple of years ago. And then of course we had the pandemic and that um, held some things up, but I feel very, I'm very happy that we got to get uh, those episodes out. And uh, we also paid homage to, um, you know, to our, 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 our beloved in there as well. And, um, right. you know, I just wrote a treatment for a Christmas movie, uh, that I have, um, a couple of comedians I've written for a couple of comedians. Uh, I have a feature film that we shot years ago, um, called you are not special where I had Brian Scott McFadden and Farrah Greenbaum and Mark DeMeo in there. Oh, cool. So I've got, a new project that I'm going to hopefully try to align with some people uh, for this Christmas film and see if they bite and we'll get some money and hopefully make that happen. And uh, well, I've got a suggestion for you. I think yeah. you should uh, do a Christmas album and attach the music to the show because uh, you have a phenomenal voice. I've heard many of your song, love your rendition of it last. I mean, Aww. That was just incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I, I miss it. I miss, I, I, uh, I'm, I do hope, I mean, my dream, my dream, dream, dream to be real is, uh, you know, and I keep saying, I keep saying this to my agent, I'm going to speak it into existence is that I get to play Zendaya's mom and that, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross and Maya Rudolph and I are sisters because we oh all sing gosh. and we're all mixed race yes. and as is Zendaya and um, and we're going to do a fun musical. And that's, that's what I keep. I'm just, if, if God, you're listening. Um, but I do, I miss, I miss singing. I had a, um, a moment where I, I really couldn't because of some of the medication that I was on medically right. was um, giving me uh, 
some problems. I had a condition called thrush that was happening with the diabetes and also, um, and so that was not helping my voiceover career. And it was also very frustrating as I was trying to sing, but it's a muscle. Yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a fun uh, moment. Um, None of the treatment was really fun, but I'm really blessed to be on the other side of that. And uh, you must have had a lot of antibiotics because that when I went through necrotizing fasciitis, that's how I ended up with thrush. I was on 11 antibiotics. And the bad thing is they're like, the only thing that you can treat it is yogurt. I hate yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) Frozen yogurt will do. Frozen yogurt will do. But I, I, I'm with you. I hope that um, I, in my manifestations for this next year, I put out there that I, I really hope to, uh, to, to sing again and get back behind the mic and, and, um, and find some outlets to do that. And it would be great to kind of do it uh, in, in tandem with the acting at the same time, but I'll take it any which way I can. Well, in my mind, I'm just picturing you, and if anybody's listening, it's just a great idea. You can ha- run with it. I give you permission. I see you as a Diane Carroll type of actress on Dynasty. Mm-hmm. She performed, but she also acted. And, and that's kind of the role that I, I can see you in. I mean, I, I don't know. If uh, I was listening, I think you should do it. You, you had me at Diane Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... That's where my mind went when I was researching and listening to your music, listening to you it's sing, sh- and it was shoulder, just like... the shoulder, the shoulder pass right now. Had to have this thing in What a deal! Oh, so many people, people, so many people don't understand what uh, shoulder pads were like. <laughs> well, I'm going to go into a serious subject. You work with many, many, many charities: autism, pediatric cancers, breast cancer. You also speak about depression and suicide, which I think is phenomenal to, that you use your platform for that. Um, what inspires you to work with such great causes? Ah, um, thank you. First, first of all, I appreciate you taking the time to, um, to acknowledge that. Uh, oftentimes, I mean, I, 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 a lot of these causes are things that are either directly uh, connected to me in some particular way, whether it's someone that I love and care for or something that I have um, my own experience with. Uh, Obviously we've spoken about uh, breast cancer and cancer. Um, I have um, a good friend and, you know, have now really trying to find more time um, to work with uh, the Christian uh, Rivera Foundation, which is um, children with DIPG, which is a rare stem cell uh, cancer, which most of these children don't make it to the age of six. Mm. Um, and so Keenan Thompson is one of the spokespeople. And so he works diligently and um, we are all working very, very hard to, uh, to, to fight for these DIPG warriors. And then autism, you know, I have um, a a connection to that. I have uh, uh, my little brother is uh, a highly functioning Asperger's um, young man. And I just happen to think that how we we deal with um, educating people about how autistic people and how people with Asperger's actually approach the world, um, they are extremely bright and, and, um, and we can learn a lot of how, uh, of how we talk to one another and how we treat one another. Uh, depression is, and suicide is, I, I 
I don't, it's not a, uh, it's not a crown I'd like to wear, but unfortunately I have a, uh, an extraordinary long list of people that I love very much that I lost to suicide. And, um, I've spoken about that quite often and, uh, and I have, uh, my own attempt of suicide as a, as a teenager. And then, um, you know, as an adult was labeled, uh, by my doctors, what's, what's to be called a functioning depressive, um, medication was not something that I, uh, enjoyed, but talk therapy was something that I, I have worked with and continue to, um, you know, there's a difference between having a chemical imbalance and there's something about having a series of very, very sad things that happen to you and you and you have to process them. I think that how we approach depression, um, how we approach certainly um, people of color and depression, men, uh, you know, included it. We need to destigmatize um how we discuss it, how we how we help one another, how we listen more intently. Um, I think what people don't recognize is that all, quite often, often very happy people or people who, you know, just because you can carry the, the bags that are heavy doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that they aren't breaking your back. And right. I think that when we see people who, you know, like Chelsea, Miss America, like Robin Williams, you know, like Twitch, recently um and so many more you know um we see people who are parents of, of several children who have um burgeoning businesses and and seemingly have it all together um and why would they ever feel this way and i think you know you have to check in on your friends that are always tap dancing as, as fast as they are to keep it going um when I talk about it with, I've done a lot of PSAs with the suicide prevention associations and uh, people have always said, but you're, you're always so happy. And the truth of the matter is, is that I'm, pr I'm a pretty happy person. I've just had some, some, you know, unfortunately shitty things happen that were pretty big and, and oftentimes not the support system or the time to process and they can be really heavy. And I'm really blessed that I have the people around me that, um, now know these things and i've been very clear about how i need to be supported and i also know that i'll never get so low enough that i won't ask for help so that's what i continue to say to every mother every man every woman every child every teenager that someone wants to hear your story you are not a burden your story is not a burden and and please take a moment to think about that because, you know, a decision that is finite, we can't come back from. So, and I don't want to get emotional about that, but I just, um, you know, the people that I've lost, I wish that I had one more conversation with them. So. Well, people, people watching need to understand that as a celebrity and in some families you're raised, I call it conditioned, but uh, right. you're supposed to smile. You're right. not supposed to let anybody know that things are happening because mm -hmm. it publicly. You're just not, and that's not a healthy thing to do, I don't believe. Um, I do want to let everybody know that if you or anybody you know is having issues with depression or suicide, you can call or text 988, or you can text TALK to 741741. There's always somebody at one of those numbers, always. always. 
reach out to a friend. I mean, I've lost people to suicide. I understand. It's it's tragic and, and like Twitch. I don't know him personally, but seeing him on TV and on his Instagram, you would never, ever, ever have thought it. No. Robin Williams, you would never, ever, ever have thought it. No, and you, we need to change, need to change of what the, what the, what the face of um, depression looks like in, in many people's mindsets. You know, you will always hear a mother say, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that they were mm -hmm. sad. Uh, you'll always hear someone say that. And the truth is, is that there are signs. We, we got to listen and, and um, you know, an hour out of your day versus a lifetime of regretting something. Um, and you never know, you know, there's complete strangers that I have stopped what I was doing because I felt something was off. And um, there are strangers that when I was, you know, people were very unkind when I wasn't well uh, with all my medical things. You know, I didn't look like myself. Um, I was uh, 90 something pounds heavier because my liver and pancreas weren't working. And nobody really stopped to care what was happening with me. They all would say things like, well, your face is still pretty or, you know, not understanding what kind of physical pain I was under and what was what dealing with doctors and nonstop trying to to get well felt like. Um, and, you know, something as simple as uh, your health, but when it's all consuming, it can really, it can, it can take the wind out of you. So take the time, we be more gentle with people, but we also have to learn too, is to never be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and like you said, you can't tell by looking at somebody. And for me, I get a, when I, somebody crosses my mind, like you were talking about, that's the opportunity for me to call that person or check on that person. It, right. I feel like they're either thinking about me or they need something. And, and it doesn't hurt to say hello to somebody. That's the truth. And like I said, you can reach anybody at call or text 988 or text talk to 741741. Well, I appreciate you being here so much, Lauren. Yeah. Uh, you, um, You've made, marked about a list thing off my bucket list for sure, for sure. Well, first of all, thank you for everybody who, who tuned in today or who will watch this at a later later date. And uh, I, I'm going to say shout out to um, what's the name of our plumbing company? Bronx Plumbing. Bronx Plumbing. Bruckner, Bruckner Plumbing. We're going to shout shout out to Bruckner, Pl Bruckner. Plumbing for everybody, everybody listening because my uh, toilet is being replaced as we speak, and it has been. That kind of uh, that kind of day. So thank. I'm sorry for all the um the They have been very attentive in helping me today, Bruckner Plumbing. Um, thank you so much. I'm wishing everybody, uh, you know, may all the things that you want, dream big this year, manifest big, um, be kind to one another, take good care of yourselves, um, pet a puppy, grab a get a kitten do good things, uh, wear the dress, dance, you know, it's all Absolutely. too, uh, you know, it, it's, it's all too short to, to, to worry about the small stuff. So, um, what a pleasure to meet you and, oh, uh, and get to hang out with you. I and hope I you'll come back sometime. I sure enough will. And I hope that I will have, um, I will have more exciting things to talk to you about, 
uh, in our next chapter. And I just thank everybody for your continued support in my career and my endeavors and the silly little things I post here and there. And uh, I appreciate everyone who takes notice of, of the small things that I do. And, uh, and I'm very grateful. Hey guys, you can get social with Lauren. I've got all of her uh, links in the description of this video. Um, uh, follow her. She's got great social media. She she, she does respond, by the way. She does respond. <laughs> all <laughs> Lauren, right. thank you so much. If you'll hang on backstage for just a couple of minutes, I'll be right back there. Okay. Thank you. I'd like to thank Lauren B. Martin for being here today and chatting with us. I would like to thank the Necrotizing Fasciitis Foundation for sponsoring our show. To learn more about necrotizing fasciitis, please visit www.necfasci.org. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel for more upcoming episodes. Remember, please be kind to one another. It, it, it just takes a few moments to do that. Have a great day. <laughs>